Hey, y'all. It's Brittany. And Eric here. We haven't been here because we've been making a new daily show at Quibi, The Nod with Brittany and Eric. Every weekday, we try to bring you the people, moments, and stories that reflect the beauty of Black people and culture. In a moment like this, that mission feels more important than ever. On top of the growing pandemic, the country has been reeling over the most recent spate of police killings of Black people and the resulting uprisings as we demand justice. Even though we're no longer producing the podcast, we wanted to share the audio of our most recent episode with other Black people who are also hurting, angry, and exhausted at this unprecedented time. Brianna Taylor. Ahmad Arbery. George Floyd. Tony McDade. The names of the latest Black lives lost to racist violence. These murders are a reminder that this brutality isn't just a current trend. It's the accepted state of affairs of this country. Today, we're taking a moment to acknowledge their lives and talk about how we're processing it all. This is The Nod. When we make this show, we make it with the intent to make Black people smile. We make it as a way to celebrate our culture, to feel a bit like an escape. But these moments, we can't ignore them. There can be no culture to celebrate if we aren't alive to cherish it. We are recording this on Thursday, May 28th, 2020. 95 days since Ahmaud Arbery was murdered by two white men in Georgia. One of those men was a retired cop. 76 days since Breonna Taylor was gunned down in her own home by police in Louisville. And just three days since George Floyd was brutally suffocated by Minneapolis police. Yesterday, thousands of people took to the streets for a second night of protesting, aiming to draw national attention to their demands for justice on behalf of George Floyd. And this is all in the midst of a global pandemic and a financial crisis, both of which are disproportionately affecting Black people. There's no way to adequately verbalize the collective pain, sorrow, and anger we feel. But we want to speak to this tragedy in the best way we can. So Brittany, you know, with everything happening in our day-to-day lives, I just want to take some time and decompress with you. How are you feeling? I feel like I was already doing a lot of just emotional overhaul and management and company compartmentalizing with COVID in and of itself. As you know, many people close to me, very close to me, got pretty sick. Not everybody made it. It's been hard, I think, in general, sometimes just trying to get in the mode of being entertaining as we need to for the show. Yeah, this time has been really tough. I also have lost people close to me. Yeah, I've been trying really hard, just kind of like push through, you know, keep focusing, like this is a temporary situation. And so with this week, kind of being reminded of these things that put me in a space of, no, this isn't temporary. There's this larger pattern of things that are kind of always at play that have just pushed me into the spot of feeling like everything and numb at the same time. I think that for a variety of reasons, um, we're all sort of experiencing compounded trauma. When you add you know, witnessing these, you know, deaths of Black people, all of that mental gymnastics, in addition to those of us who are still going outside to go to work or going to the store, it's maddening. It's a lot to carry in your head at once. Social media and kind of like all these digital tools that we have at our disposal seem like some of the only safe spaces we have to be able to interact mm-hmm. with our community. 
And so to have that exist as this place that is really triggering for mm -hmm. a variety of reasons is hard. And it's like, it leaves you very uncertain of kind of where to turn. And it feels especially tough because like we can't be outside and feel safe, but we also aren't safe in our homes. You know, mm -mm. Breonna Taylor was at home. I have not yet gone outside to run by myself. And I realized that it's likely because of what happened to Ahmaud Arbery. Being able to go outside for a walk or for a run is like one of the only ways that I could actually maintain uh, my mental health. And having that tool kind of taken away from me is maddening what, it, what your brain eventually becomes trained to protect you from. And I think that's really important to put in context the degree of feeling and emotion that people are feeling who have in this moment still gone out to protest for justice. I know for a fact that everyone out there is also thinking about how potentially dangerous that is. But to me, it feels like a testament to the sometimes hopelessness, the anger, the rage, just all these emotions and the strength of them and how much we've been feeling them the entire time. I've also seen critique come about that, um, you know, as, you know, women, and, you know, trans folks and gender nonconforming black folks have been killed, you know, through state violence. Um, they haven't garnered the same volume yeah. of outrage. Um, you true, know, man. I've been thinking a lot about like my, uh, what hope means to me now, because frankly, I've been feeling extremely hopeless. We've had to do this my thing lifetime. before. We've done all of this before, but if there's anything that I do have hope I have hope in Black folks' capacity to love each other more and to really get behind the idea that all Black lives matter. It is affecting all of us, some Black people disproportionately, and we need to talk about that, and we can only really do it if we're all using our voice. One of the most painful aspects of these events is that those who were killed are often memorialized in relation to the brutality of how they died. Today, we want to highlight the recent lives lost by remembering who they were as people. Brianna Taylor was 26 years old. She was an EMT with aspirations of becoming a nurse, purchasing a home, and starting a family. She was a loving daughter, sister, and girlfriend who had big dreams for her future. Ahmad Arbery was 25 years old. He was enrolled at South Georgia Technical College to become an electrician. His friends and family remember him for his smile and his ability to raise the spirits of all those around him. His former high school football coach described him as undersized, but his heart was huge. George Floyd, affectionately known as Big Floyd, grew up in Houston, Texas, and was an all-around athlete as a teenager. He was the starting tight end for the Yates High School football team in 1992, the year they made it all the way to the state championship. Floyd was also known throughout his community as a peacemaker, and a minister, and he was a loving father and brother. And as we're recording this, details about the police killing of Tony McDade are just emerging. But we think it's important to highlight that despite being misgendered in early news reports, Tony identified as a trans man and was beloved by his community. So where do we go from here? The truth is, we don't have the answers. But here are a few of the things that we're prepared to do for now. First and foremost, remembering the importance of community and supporting each other all of us. Prioritizing our mental health and looking away from screens when the constant news cycle gets to be too much. An actionable way to show support is to help out organizations like the Minnesota Freedom Fund. 
an organization based out of Minnesota that is collecting donations to bail out people arrested in the uprisings this week. Or the North Star Health Collective, a mutual aid fund supporting street medics and health professionals on the ground in Minneapolis. Consider supporting them both. That's our show for today. Thanks for watching. Thanks so much for listening. We miss you. And if you miss us, you can still find us every weekday on Quibi. And as we continue to bring you stories about Black life, we'll have more on the ways Black people are demanding change in an unjust world. Be safe out there. Be safe, y'all.